Hi there. This is the world-renowned vintner. World-renowned? Yeah, world-renowned. the Fumo. You know, just read it as I wrote it. It's great. Okay. You're world-renowned. Okay. 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 Well, you are then, a world-renowned vintner. Okay. okay. This is the world-renowned vintner, Marquette Fumo. It's me, me, me. I've got Judd busy looking over my website. Hey, Marquetta, what is your website? It's uh, my, my winery, my third winery. It's marquettawinery.com. And the Marquetta is, it's my first name. It's M-A-R-K-E-T-T-A. Okay, marquettawinery.com. I'm going to type that in right now. Alrighty. And now, today's show features Chef Barbara Alexander. And she is the executive chef and director of culinary programs at the Napa Valley Cooking School at Napa Valley College. And she and Jad had a fun and lively conversation about her journey as a chef. And I just know that you'll savor the chat. Very cool. Now, uh, in the meantime, I would like to invite you to check out my wines at marketawinery.com. And why not to go, go and see Judd too? Judd's Hill, which is Judd's winery, as you know, is at the south end of Silverado Trail, just here in our beautiful valley. He'll show you a good time with fine wines. Visiting information is at juddshill.com. And there you can also see his funny videos such as wine booty. One of the episodes starring guest is just me, myself and I, Marketta Fumo. And now enjoy the show. And by the way, Judge, how's my, how's my site looking? Oh, it's looking dynamite. This is great. You're even hugging a lion. We'll have to get the wow. story on the next time you come out. Yeah, my, my, my baby, my baby pet. <laughs> Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lord Mole, and here's your host, Chad Finkelstein. Good morning, Lauren. Man, that is a great intro. Top of the day. I can Jack. never get sick of that. Top of the day. How are you? I'm doing great. You uh, survived last night. We had a good time hanging out. Didn't party too hard. We were over at City Winery together. That's right. Thanks for showing up. Glad I could. Yeah, it was fun. I did a little DJ gig over there. You weren't embarrassed to be seen with me with what I was wearing? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, good. The theme of the night was thrift... See if I can say this. Thrift Store Thrills. Ah, you're the announcer. Can you say that three times fast? Thrift Store Thrills. Thrift Store Thrills. Thrift Store Thrills. Excellent. So all the records we played were found in the bins of thrift stores, and then the clothes I was wearing also found in the bins of thrift stores. So I don't know if I was at my sharpest, but uh, I got some looks. But you had a good time. Thanks for coming out. You know, we haven't talked about your your trip to Carlsbad. That's we were right. off last week. Uh, tell me how that went. What was that all about? It went great. We had such a wonderful time in uh, Carlsbad. Uh, th this was actually with the Everybody's a Star uh, Foundation. Uh, we actually got to perform at a, a special convention for the Specialized Carriers and uh, Riggers Association. Okay, okay. And what was your role there? Were you 
Uh, well, you tell me. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually got to uh, perform my video, and I got to serve as MC for part of the entertainment. Okay, great, great. I sh- and I really, Judd, I sure do know how to get a crowd all fired up. You do. I've been in a room where you've done just that. In fact, we should talk to you. You know, we're doing our Trader Vic's gig again, the Mike High Gents, my band, uh, August 29th. That's what it's going to be. And I remember you came and introduced us last time, and boy, did you rile up that room in a good way. I like did. they were happy, they were excited. You got them fired up to see a show. So that was your gig. You were you were doing the MC, and when you said you performed your video, you showed your video, or you actually sang the song that you performed in the video. Uh, actually, they they showed my video. Oh, they did. So you were they not did. doing a live performance. Uh, no, no live performance. They just showed my video on not one but two uh, screens on different sides of the stage. <laughs> wow, you were all over that room. Well, not all over the room, just on two screens. <laughs> okay, two parts of the room. Very good. <laughs> Well, that must have been fun. And I must say uh, that we also had a, a special, another promotional video for everybody to start. And you, kind sir, were actually featured in the video. I was? You were. I remember shooting that. I have not seen the final product, though. How did it go? It went great. Did I say nice things? You did. I mean, I know I did at the time, but you never know. These editors can be sneaky. That's how uh, they do this reality TV. You know, yeah, they well. Manipulate you know. things. <laughs> but I came off all right. Oh, man, you did fabulous. I gave you a glowing review. Yes. Excellent. Glad to hear that. I'd like to see that. Oh, good. Yeah, so so we had a great time with Carlsbad. So uh, so what's been going on with you, Judd? Anything new at the winery? Well, yeah, there's always something happening. Well, last night was our big DJ night at City Winery, which was a blast. And again, thanks for making the scene. And, you know, coming up is our annual springtime bonanza at Judd's Hill. Oh, right on. It's going to be May 17th. It's a Sunday from noon to 2.30. It's always a good time. It's a benefit for the Napa Valley Youth Symphony, so we'll have some of their uh, players there entertaining the crowd. There's going to be barbecue galore. There's going to be our Judd's Hill Wines new releases for the spring. It's a it's a wine club party, so members of our wine club do get complimentary entrance, but it's also open to the public. Tickets are available, and off the top of my head, I don't recall how much they are, but if you want information, Judd'sHill.com. Click on events and uh, come and see us May 17th. And if you're not a Judd's Hill Wine Club member, you ought to be. We guarantee good times and fine wines. How about that? Not bad. That's a good slogan. Should I stick with that? Sure. Okay. Let's do a show. Okay. We got a guest. Oh, we do? And yeah. she's, she's sitting right next to me as I speak. Right here in the studio with us. Not <laughs> one of these, you know, via satellite interviews that we've never done. But uh, why don't you go <laughs> which ahead? Probably, which probably won't happen. Yeah, maybe not. We, we, we have really great local interesting folks here. We don't need to go too far afield. But we've got one of those great Napa characters right here. Would you care to give an introduction? Sure, Judd. Okay. As a chef and teacher, our guest couldn't be grander. She's got a busy schedule, and we were lucky to land her. She's here today to share stories with candor, and we'll play it straight, talk nice without slander. Of Napa Valley Cookie School, she's Supreme Commander. Let's welcome today... Chef Barbara Alexander. <laughs> hey, Barbara, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> so nice, nice to meet you. Thank you. I salute you, Commander. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wow. I need you in the cooking school. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You could be your Hank Kingsley uh, exactly. at the cooking school. Hey, now. Uh, hey, now. Uh, <laughs> chef Barbara Alexander, you are the Good executive morning. chef of Napa Valley Cooking School. I am. Up at, I am. Uh, the Valley Campus of Napa Valley College, which yep. is 
a very good place for people to learn to cook professionally and then just for community members to come take a oh, class that's right. too. You ran one of my classes just a couple of weeks ago, I, I think. It was a blast. It was fish. Yeah. How chefs cook fish. I was very excited to do yeah, that. It was I, good. I do most of the cooking at home and I'm 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 okay. I know my way around yeah. the kitchen, but fish has always kind of been a uh, a weak point for me. I can make it taste good, but it doesn't look that people pretty. People are afraid of, you know. Yeah. Is and, that how you approached it? Well, I think so. You know, it's one of those cl- fish is in general one of those things that people know they're supposed to eat more of, and they're a little nervous about actually cooking it. So the class you were in, which was I thought you were pretty good. You guys did a lot of talking. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know it's a little bit of a social thing as well, right? So it's a small town, you know, St. Well, Helena. Yeah. You go up there, you're going to know people. You There's knew a lot of people. A little there. wine involved. Oh, absolutely. And then we ro- and we rotated around the classroom, cooking all different kinds of fish, scallops, and fish on papillote. And it was a good class. It was a lot of fun. It was. Yeah. I've, I've taken a few classes, and every single one has been fun. I've That's done right. the. Uh, boy, going back the years, I've done. Well, I just did the. I think you did the fish. making of a home chef way back when. In the well, I did days. knife skills. I haven't uh, done yeah. the main. I want to do the making because that really yeah. covers. Actually, talk about that because well, that seems yeah. like the one that most people, it seems to really sell out. People really look for that class. What's the deal on the uh, making the of the home chef? The deal on the making of the home chef is it's a four-night class. So it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, then a Tuesday, Wednesday. And it's always in the fall. And um, really, it is a condensed version, like, almost like a boot camp of mm-hmm. culinary school. So we kind of... Um, uh, we definitely don't dumb down the program, but we, we clarify it into four short days mm. of basic stock, soup making, vegetable cookery, pasta cookery, meat and seafood cookery. So we pack a lot into four days. And there's a lot of cooking. There's a lot of eating. And there's some wine drinking, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> why not? But, um, yeah, it, it does sell out really early. We only do a maximum of 15 students. So, um, That's a we, small class. Yeah, and I always only run it once a year because it's quite a lot in addition to the mm-hmm. cooking school. But it's a really fun class. But there's, you know, there's generally about one to two classes a week for food enthusiasts in the Valley going on at the at the Upper Valley campus. And I think, you know, we're we're often sold out. And they're really great classes. And we do another one that's a, a really good one that I was talking to you about at the class, which is my husband and I, who's also a chef. Um, he's a master chef. And he likes to remind me of that. Um, <laughs> but you're the supreme commander. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Barbara behind, Alexander. Behind every man's a great woman. But yeah. uh, he, um, but we do a class called a, a chef's table class. It's a pop-up, like almost like a pop-up restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so there's no actually hands-on cooking in that one. You sit down. And enjoy watching us with our students, which who are great, um, and and volunteer for the the deal. Um, prepare a six to eight course meal yeah. while you're watching, and it's great because then you're sitting with foodies, surrounded by foodies. People come singly, people come together, um, and it's just like a restaurant basically. But it is really fun, and people bring their own. Wa- well, I'm probably not supposed to say that out loud, but people do bring their own wines for sharing with the other folks. And we'll then, edit of that part we out. Wine. That yeah. won't go on the air. Okay, don't good, worry. Yeah, I thought there was no editing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, so it's really yeah, it's good. Our food enthusiast program is really. It's good. And all the info is online. It's yep. through the catalog. For uh, sure. We got a great website. It's um, www.napavalleycookingschool.org. So, sorry, napavalleycookingschool.org. And it's a great website on there. You go to the food enthusiast section in the website, and all the all the classes are listed there. I do do that. And I also am on the 
the hard copy mailing list. Yeah. So I get that catalog and right. I start flipping through what can I take, what can I take, right. what night am I available? Because the variety of classes yeah. you can take, there's incredible. That's good. There was, I mean, I, never... I just did the fish and you do Japanese cooking. Yep. There's crab sure. night. Yeah. There's pastries. There's... Yeah, we do a lobster mania. We do a crab mania. We do vegan. So we well, there's all kinds of fun stuff. And everybody's a professional chef that's teaching it. So you're not just getting, um, you know, home cook style uh you know, education. It's it really is coming from restaurant chefs and yeah. and and lots of great local chefs in the valley come and teach there. So it's really fun. And you yourself have been a restaurant chef. Let's back up even yeah. further than that. Did you grow up in a culinary yeah. household? Was that your family's thing? Were kind you guys of. all foodies? Foodies for sure. Yeah. So I remember when I was in high school, my dad telling me that my mom was going to go away. She was going to go to Paris and go to La Varenne to, to, to do a cooking program. And I oh. thought that sounded so exotic. And just I wanted to go. Just for fun or she wanted yeah, to be a no, chef? Yeah, just for fun. Oh, okay. So it was a thing she did with her girlfriends. And, I, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of a cooking school. And I remember it really sort of resonating with me that there was a place you could go and learn to cook. And so she went over there and then, you know, came back with a thousand recipes and I grew up probably like you did like watching Julia Child with my parents every single oh, time mom would sit down Thursday nights in in well I'm, I'm from Vancouver Canada so Thursday nights it was there she would sit down and write out all the recipes go buy the ingredients and Sunday night we had whatever Julia made on Thursday night so, really, every yeah, week every you had week, Julia's yeah. meal, mm-hmm. and my dad would move our wow. um, every, my dad would move our dining room table into the living room beside the fire, and it was called fireside dining. And if I ever do go back into the restaurant, <laughs> I love it. If I ever go back to the restaurant, you'll see me with a restaurant called Fireside. How could that not make an impression? That was on you? so great. And my my brothers were both into cooking. One of my brothers is a chef as well. Um, we just grew up in a food family, and we traveled around Europe in a Volkswagen, going to Michelin star restaurants, you know, one star Michelin restaurants with all five of us and the kids sharing an omelet because my parents couldn't afford anything else, both school teachers. Oh, but they but, wanted you yeah, to have the experience. Experience, one hundred percent experience. And so I'm I'm I find myself, of course, you always think I'm never going to do what my parents did, but uh-huh. I'm doing exactly the same thing. Do with you my do that? Daughter. Oh yeah. Do you have a young a young kid yeah, and a young girl and she she loves food and she's picky too I, i'm afraid that you have her like potential boyfriends and husbands better have <laughs> a thick checkbook because uh it's going to be one of those situations does she cook or does she enjoy her no both? my dad always used to say why bark if you've got a dog i see so I and I, she's very much of that no she doesn't <laughs> cook she doesn't know she does some baking she loves baking but no she doesn't cook and both my husband and I, you know, when we were kids, I was cooking family meals at like 13, 14 years you old. Are, no, yeah. my, no, Ava's not interested, but she has lots of comments about the food. She probably knows food really oh, well, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm sure your daughters do too, right? They love it. They yeah. Lo- they, they love cooking, baking. Oh, that's cool. Um, Baking's fun. Eating. They're not, there's a few things that they just won't really want to touch, but they're pretty good at, they're pretty good at. To just trying everything. Ah, and we've great. never been short order cooks for them. Basically, we no. make dinner like this is dinner. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry. <laughs> and you know what? They never go hungry, they always right. end up eating it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have another technique that's really bad. I'm sure it's not in any children's books, but, um, or, you know, child education books but uh, my, my husband actually pays my daughter a dollar to eat things that she doesn't want to eat. So if it's oh, like a really? raw oyster, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> when in doubt, so, bribe. <laughs> we were down at Pizzaiolo in, in Berkeley, and I think it was lamb's tongue 
and he oh. ordered a salad with lamb's tongue, and, and she was just grossing out and saying, yeah. "Oh God, I'm not going to eat that." The and he said, "I'll pay you a buck." Oh, yeah. yeah. So she ate it for a buck. For a buck. Yeah. And now will she eat tongue because she probably has had? I don't it, know. Yeah. I mean, I, I she thought said it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And then raw oysters, but she loves raw oysters now. But I mean, that was the same thing. It was just eat one for a buck. So. <laughs> It's a texture thing, I, I think. I don't know if that's good or not. But. <laughs> so from the age of 13 or whatever, when you were cooking family meals, uh-huh. did you realize, like, this is my path? I am going to be a chef? No. Or you had some other Yeah, you know what? I, just, I have a degree in literature, and I was just sort of following the path of my father, who was a professor. And I just... Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't really something that I thought about doing, but I was crazy for cooking. I mean, I cooked a lot and I had a little catering business on the side when I was in university, but I, uh, no, I never really thought about it. And I was, um, I was enrolled in law school and I was uh-huh. in the summer bef- between finishing my degree and law school. And I was working actually at a hair salon. And just at the front desk, just to fill time and make some money. And I got on the bus and this guy sat down beside me and I thought, oh, my God, he smells great. And, <laughs> and it, um, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Aramis it, no, it or wasn't like, Brute no, by Fabergé. It was or yeah. something. No, it was he smelled like food. And I looked down oh. and he had these weird checked pants on. And this is like how much I know about cooking. I just <laughs> I really didn't even know that those were chef's pants. And I said something to him and he said, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a chef. I'm in uh-huh. cooking school. And so we started talking on the bus. And by the time I got home, I was convinced that the next day I was going to go and do a little tour of the local cooking school. So there was a French cooking school. And I went and I never went to law school. Really? Yeah. Just met a guy on a bus and he inspired you. and you For sure. His odor (laughs) inspired you. His odor inspired you. Ooh la la. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, it was funny because I went to the cooking school the next day and literally I was just like, oh, my God, this is totally what I want to do. So that really was the beginning. That's a pretty cool start. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. So you know what ha- I thought was so fascinating? Yeah. They had an espresso machine. This is I'm talking about 1984. Oh yeah. And they had an espresso machine. And, they, and I walked in the door, and you know it's just something just as simple as that. I walked in the door, and they offered me an espresso. I was there as a you know whatever 20 year old student looking at cooking mm-hmm. school, and I just thought, oh my god, this is awesome. And I didn't even like espresso, but I drank it because I thought it looked really cool. It's classy. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was it. I think that was the era of. Um, I think espresso was really becoming something in pop culture. I think Beverly Hills Cop came out around then, and there's that yeah, right. line, Bronson Pinchot, something like, you know, do you like your espresso with the lemon twist? That's or right. Like that? That's right. That's, that is right. Oh, ah, these memories yeah. coming back. All right, back on topic. Yeah. Okay, so you got into cooking school, mm-hmm. and you became kind of a big shot chef working at some pretty yeah. fancy spots around the world. I worked pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. I realized yeah, that, you know, you I had to. a degree and I told my parents that I wasn't going to go to law school and I was going to do cooking school instead, which my parents had plenty to say about. And because of that, I think I was really inspired to work my butt off. And so I, because I just wanted to prove that I wasn't going to become a hamburger flipper somewhere, which is what my dad thought I was going to end up doing. And although my parents were totally into food, I, you know, the 80s was not, the chef, chefing wasn't really a respectful, or sorry, a respected profession at that point. I mean, people were still saying, well, you're just going to work in a fast food restaurant or something. So yeah, it's before Food yeah. Network, kind of just oh, before yeah. people like Wolfgang Puck uh, totally. became these celebrity chefs. I remember going to, uh, 
cocktail parties with all my friends that I went to university with. And they'd, they'd go around the room and say, what do you do? What do you do? And, um, you know, all these people were saying, oh, I'm in law school or I'm, you know, I'm an architect or whatever it was. And everybody was like, oh, ah. And then I'd say, I'm a chef. And people would just kind of, oh, you know, have this oh. like dirty sneer on their face. You really know? that bad? Yeah. And then literally within 10 years, that completely reversed order. So I still know the same people. Mm-hmm. They were lawyers and doctors and architects and everybody's like mm, yeah that doesn't sound so much fun but a chef, and then a chef. wow Ooh, la, la. tell me more <laughs> yeah now's your chance Ooh, la, la. thank you <laughs> so yeah it you know it really really changed i mean to everybody's surprise that was in the culinary business really it was a lot of hard work long hours and all of a sudden people were you know we would walk through the markets open markets and stuff in a chef's jacket and people wanted to get a piece of you and ask you what, how do I cook this? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you were somebody. It yeah. was really weird. Do you enjoy that? Like people yeah, but it, it's identifying okay. as a chef and coming at you with yeah. questions for advice? Yeah. Or, I've or is that like a lawyer? Just... Like, oh, you're a lawyer. I've got this uh, <laughs> no, problem a, going on. What are you? Or a doctor. Like, yeah. I've got this thing on my yeah, finger. Look, will you look at this? <laughs> um, people definitely do that for sure. So, uh, you know, you go to someone's house for dinner and, you know, don't smell anything cooking. And then it turns out it's all in the fridge and they need some advice. And, oh. You know, it's 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 okay. I mean, I've gotten used to it over the years for sure. But what surprised me more than anything was this of uh, this sort of adoration of chefs, like out of the blue, um, all of a sudden you were like fabulous because you were a chef. And what do you attribute that to? The Food Network. Food Network just making yeah. it. Yeah, I so. really do. I mean, I think that in the late eighties, uh, you know, the people in the know, the foodies, and and those. Uh, Chefs started to gain some celebrity then just because of celebrity chefs. All of a sudden, people knew who Marco Pierre White was. People knew who the Trois Gros brothers were. People knew who Guy Savoie was um, that were in the know. But now everybody knows those names because – or not everybody, but, I mean, definite foodies and and more. Everybody knows who, um, uh, you know, who these uh, celebrities are on TV. You know, everybody watches Hell's Kitchen and so people are just dropping these names like out mm. of the blue, and 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 I think they've become uh, chefs have have received both this kind of notoriety of being these kind of bad boys and these really interesting people, um, <laughs> and also you know that it's 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 become kind of chic to be a chef. Yeah, what do you think? I think it's a lot of hard work, and I think it's a really hard job. What do you think of that image, though? The bad boy or uh, well, bad girl? Well, you know, when I chef. started cooking, that was definitely still like there was a lot of bum pinching and knife throwing and pot throwing and slapping and punching. That wow. still happened in the industry. It doesn't happen so much anymore. What happens to those chefs if they're really, you know, if they're really hardcore? They can't yeah. get any employees. Mm-hmm. So what happens is they eventually kind of change their their ways. It's interesting. One of the a very I'm not going to say his name, but a very or her name, but it's actually a he, a very well known <laughs> chef in the valley um, said to me, "I'm not as hardcore as I used to be. Send me some students." Oh, really? So I think that's you know it, it, people find their ground and realize that. You know, what we're doing, which is cooking food, doesn't actually require people yelling and screaming and throwing knives. And what really does? Unless you're working at the circus as a knife thrower. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I just it is surprising that chefs have gained such notoriety. But, you know, it's it's good, too. Yeah. I mean, certainly it has to elevate the the image. You probably doesn't hurt enrollment. No, uh, it doesn't. No, it doesn't hurt enrollment. People still want to become chefs. What's the experience there? Someone enrolls, they want to become a professional chef, and they go to NapaValleyCookingSchool.org and get some mm-hmm. information and sign up and become your student. 
Yeah. What happens? Do well, you? You know, it's a, it's we're a really unique program. So I mean, I've worked in a number of cooking schools, and and I think that one of the beauty. Uh, the beauties of our, our of our program is that it is completely unique. First of all, we're the only sustainable cooking school in California, oh. so we are we monitor our waste, our reuse, and our recycling. We have a flock of chickens, a heritage chickens, about forty heritage chickens that that eat all our garden our kitchen scraps, mm-hmm. and um, we have compost in a garden. And you know we don't order, we don't use any feedlot animals. We don't. Um, we only use high-end product, organic when we can. And I think that we try to instill in students a, a, a sort of a responsibility for being in the in the industry. And you know, instead of just because it's a very wasteful industry, I think that people that aren't chefs would be surprised at how much actual waste there are. Especially sort of the more fine dining you get, the more waste incredible amount of waste there is and so we hmm. try to send people out with an idea about being responsible people as well as being responsible cooks that's good that's part of the training yeah but the training um the training is pretty focused i mean it's it's pretty intense it's um it like 8 30 to 3 day monday through friday but it's you know 150 percent when you're there it's 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 really intense it's we make it pretty real world yeah uh, for students so that so there's no surprised. dialing it back no yeah. You have to be pretty committed if you want to be successful. Now, I'm not saying that everybody goes, that goes to cooking school is successful either, right. you know. But if you want to be successful in the business, you got to be pretty dialed in when you get there. So you're tough on them. You put them through the paces, yep. but you're not throwing pots, throwing mm-hmm. knives, pinching bums. Pinching bums? Well. Well, <laughs> no. Uh, no bum pinching in the community college, unfortunately. <laughs> they, yeah, the, we put them through the paces. So it, we're pretty strict. But it's fun. I mean, I think the students really like it. And they're listening today, maybe. I don't know if they, oh. can, if they can get reception Hi. there. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hey. I'm looking forward to coming in. I'm coming to the restaurants. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be great. But yeah, we definitely put them through the paces. I mean, but nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, it's just, the, it, it's a pretty realistic view of what they're going to see once they get out there. And you said it's focus. So is, what what is the focus? Or are there, like, what's the program? Are they learning just the basics of everything? Are there... Mm-hmm. Are, is there a major? Like, can you be a pastry person, uh, well, a sauce person? How, how does that's that... That's a great question because another really unique thing about our, our school is that we teach all aspects of culinary, whereas most cook- cooking schools these days have separated into pastry, bread making, mm. um, you know, hot kitchen. So what we do is we we basically, you know, we start the program with basic skills. So it's the, the knife cuts, it's the soups and stocks, it's all the basic dry heat cooking, wet heat cooking, steaming, and all those kinds of things. And then... Um, it starts to branch out after that. We do some world cuisine. We do food and wine, of course, uh, pairing and, and education. We do food and beverage cost control. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of people have a desire to do their own business once they're done. Right. Um, but we um, we really strive to put students into the industry that are well-skilled, that are focused and driven, and are going to be great employees. Um, and, and, you know, of course, they have to have a love for cooking and a love for food. Uh, but they have to really have a love for hard work. You've got to. I mean, yeah. I've never been in the restaurant business as well. I was a busboy when I was fourteen at a That's restaurant here, up here in the valley. But um, but I've known enough people and been around. You know, just being in the wine business, yeah, you know, tangentially that I, I see. And you know, I'm only seeing as an outsider what goes on, and it looks to me. Like you couldn't pay me enough right. <laughs> to do what you guys do <laughs> to put up with the pressure and the stress. Well, but there's yeah. some people thrive on this. Oh, a lot of people thrive on it. Yeah, that's that's what drives a lot of us. We love that part. Oh, I'm very appreciative of those people like you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. you. Can go get a good meal. There's well, there's lots yeah, of good places. I love to eat. Yeah, and there's lots of great restaurants in the valley too. 
Is that right? There's, yeah, there's <laughs> lots of... <yeah. laughs> Napa Valley. And good wine. <laughs> yeah, the, really? No kidding. I know. Tell me more. Uh, we have to take a quick break. Yeah, right. We're here with Chef Barbara Alexander, the executive chef of Napa Valley Cooking School. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. La, 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 la. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Dial in Napa and streaming live around the world at KVON.com. Back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Judd. Right on. Thanks for that. That was a little um, Mambo Number no. 5 by Prez Prado and his orchestra. Today, uh, my grandfather's birthday. Uh, he's not around anymore, but that was a little tribute to him. Prez Prado is one of his absolute favorite musicians and band leaders. So, little Mambo Number no. 5 in honor of, of Grandpa. We've got Chef Barbara Alexander joining us today. Hello. She's the executive chef of Napa Valley Cooking School. If anybody wants to take some awesome cooking classes, either professionally or just for fun, go check her out at NapaValleyCookingSchool.org. Is that the right website? Uh, yeah, you got website? it. Oh, good. You brought along something. What, what, uh, what do you got here? Well, I, Judd, you told me to bring something to give away. And I have had a bottle of grappa yeah. underneath my desk it's ghetto grappa Th- I don't that know doesn't look like a bottle of grappa that... no it's a canning jar <laughs> it's a and jar I, of and grappa. i put a jaunty little ribbon around it um <laughs> but it, it's actually got a black sharpie written on the top of it it says ghetto grappa mm. and it's good i've tried it it's great it's i'm i'm not um i'm afraid to get into it too deeply so i'm gonna pass it on you're more of a wine i'm more of a wine this person is, this for is... sure this is heavy these are dark days yeah with this, this is this what bottle. wine becomes yeah yeah Okay, well, maybe I'll take a little sip myself. It looks enticing it, in that mason jar, but uh, it looks like water. So that's for me. Thank you. I'm going to give this yeah. goodie away to anybody who would like to get his or her hands on Judd's goodies. Yeah, <laughs> with one sip missing. <laughs> one sip missing. <laughs> all all you got to do is uh, be the first to tweet. You got to use Twitter. So if you're by your computer or your phone and not driving, if you are driving, pull over. Be the first one to tweet uh, with hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. And then put at uh, Judd's Hill as our uh, username. So I get that really quick. And the first one will get it. I'll take that back to our winery, Judd's Hill, there on the south end of Silverado Trail, one mile north of Trancus. Yeah. I'll have it for about three days. If anybody wants, or whoever is the winner can get it in those three days. If not, I'm going to take it home and... I don't know. Grappa on. And, and then I don't know, and I'm sure I won't remember what I do after that. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right, Barbara, chef. We were talking about the cooking school. We were talking about your background in restaurants. How'd you get into the teaching side of things? Um, well, I'd, I'd done a particularly long stint in Australia for uh, nine years. I was there working pretty much around the clock. Um, and I had a little bit of uh, – actually, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, it's hot in kitchens, and it's particularly hot in Australia in kitchens. And uh, it was a Thursday and I was so hot. I cut the sleeves out of my chef's jacket 
And cool. uh, I had a really nice, expensive French chef's jacket. I was working at a very high-end restaurant called The Paramount. And I just chopped the sleeves out of my jacket with a pair of scissors. And then that didn't seem to work out so well. So I chopped my uh, pants off into a pair of shorts as well. And then my entire staff followed suit. And I just was kind of looking around the room at the end of a really hard night thinking, here we are. It's, you know, it's 110 degrees in this kitchen. We're all standing around with chopped off chef jackets and shorts. And I walked out into the sultry Sydney night, and it was just as hot outside as it was in. And I just thought, that's it for me. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Nine years. I just couldn't handle the heat anymore. Mm. You know, they say, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. This was a literal interpretation of that. And I I literally, yeah, I jumped on a plane a couple of days later and I came home. Uh, Home was Canada. And uh, I was jobless. And and uh, another interesting part of this little story was that I called up this guy who was really famous in Vancouver at his own restaurant. His name was Adam Busby. And I call this guy up thinking, you know, I just want to get a little help from him and see if he's interested in helping me out and giving me some direction about where I should go. Because I'd been working for pretty much the top restaurant in the South Pacific for nine years. So I gave him a call. And you know when you're talking to someone on a phone and there's like no response, like you don't, you're not even sure if they're there on the end of the line or not, but you're just talk, 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 talk. And I was kind of nervous, I guess. And yes, I do. finally I said, hey, are you there? And he said, I am. He said, listen, I'm really busy. If you're trying to get a job, just drop your resume off with my uh, maitre d'. And I hung up. I was like, okay, thank you. And I hung up the phone and, and I can't say it on the air, but I had some little you know, superlatives that I used regarding him. And I said, what? A, mm-hmm. and, and my mom was like, oh, well, forget about it. Those male chefs. And anyway. I'm married to him now. <laughs> Isn't that a cute story? Thought I recognized that name, except you didn't put Master Chef in front yeah, of the name, so I wasn't sure it was the same guy. The time he wasn't a Master Chef, and so well, so he, how did that happen? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you, totally you dropped weird. off a resume no, and dropped I, off your I, heart as well, or what? I thought, what a jerk, and so I. Uh, I, I thought, you know what, there's no restaurant that I really want to work at here other than his, so I'm going to leave that behind. And, and I, there was a cooking, my alumna, um, my alma mater that I went to, I was an alumni of, I uh, called DeBrule Culinary School school I went there and they offered me a job and I thought gee I'm too young to be teaching you know because there's that whole sort of little adage about you know if you can do and if you can't teach and I just I I guess I had that in my mind and I thought I was going to be keep on going as my famous chef self and I didn't really work so I went and started working at this cooking school and about a month into it the owner came to me and said oh you're gonna be so excited I've got this guy he's coming to work here he's fabulous and then the name Adam Busby dropped into the conversation and I just, oh, no. And she said, he's going to be shadowing you and you're going to train him. And oh, I said, oh, God, no. Well, you're um, going to be training him? Yeah, for to teach because oh, he was a chef. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, that's kind of the short version of a long story. But anyway, he came to the cooking school. And the next thing, we, you know, we knew we were good buds and mm-hmm. we hung out for a long time. And then we got married. Got we married. moved down here. And how did that happen? How did, not the getting married part. I understand a yeah, pretty, pretty well how that, how that works, but uh, how did you get to Napa Valley? Yeah, we were doing a little demo up in, in Vancouver, and there were some people there from the CIA, and they sort of came forward and said, hey, we'd really like you guys to come down and do a little demo at the CIA. and Culinary so, Institute mm-hmm, of America. Mm-hmm, I have had some it. people get a hold of me, because oh, yeah. I, we use oh. that term like, CIA, what are they talking about? Yeah, you're right. We're, we're using insider jargon here, but I that's know, the sorry. Culinary Institute of America. So you were doing the... 
Thank you. And we went, uh, we came down, did a little demo, and they hired us. And so that was pretty exciting. I mean, we were just, we were engaged. We weren't married, but we were, you know, living together. And we thought, oh, this is just going to be incredible. It was a pouring, it was pouring rain in Vancouver. What's new? And (laughs) we were talking to the boss down here at the Culinary Institute. And he said, oh, I'm making a pizza in my backyard. And it's hot and sunny. And it was one of those heat waves that we have in Mm -hmm. May. And like we're having, and we were just like, oh, this is going to be great. So we packed everything up in a big honking U-Haul and hit the road. That was it. That was it. Here in Napa Valley. Yeah, moved down to the Napa Valley. We've been here for 14 years. And what keeps you here? I mean, obviously you're employed here, but but do you find inspiration uh, for what you do here? Well, the wine is great, though I've put on 20 pounds since I moved here. You know, Napa Valley Syndrome. The wine's awesome. The people are awesome. The weather is fabulous. I mean, people that aren't from Vancouver don't realize how... I mean, you can't plan anything in Vancouver. You can't say, let's go on a picnic next Saturday. That's, there's you just, just don't know. No, you have no idea. It's mm. going to be raining. Mm. So, I mean, we love sailing. We're both big sailors. We have oh. a boat here, and we just, um, we love to sail. And we're, an, you know, an hour from the city and the bay, and we can do that. And uh, the food scene is amazing. And San Francisco and Berkeley is just so great. Uh, you can't beat it. And Oakland, too, now. So it's just the food scene in the Napa Valley is great. It's a happy place for you, huh? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. How could you not be happy? I Napa know, Valley? right? It's Seriously. beautiful here. What are, okay, so you sail. Any other things you do for fun? Uh, um, renovate. Renovate. <laughs> we renovate our house. You're a very hands-on type person. Oh, yeah. So you, you know, and it's more, it's more, you know, the master chef, he who makes the decisions than me. But, yeah, we, we don't hire anybody to do anything is basically what it boils down to. Can you note the disdain in my voice? Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> I hear it. But So you do a little remodel, yeah, a lot of remodeling lot on your of house. A lot of remodeling, yeah. Gardening, I gardening, big gardener. love gardening. Yeah, well, I like cooking, too, obviously. But yeah, I Kind of goes with uh, it. Yeah. I think it's surprising to some people that I don't love cooking at home as much as other people do i like cooking as a profession mm-hmm. i like gardening and i and i sew i make vintage lingerie lingerie and it sounds pretty sexy actually it's more yes. nightgowns okay but i do make vintage vintage patterns off etsy and uh, people have stacks of vintage patterns that's a whole world i don't know anything about but and this stuff for Yourself? Do you sell yeah, this? Sounds like on the no, side as not, an Etsy no. store. Sometimes or? when I'm making one, I think oh, I could be just whipping these out and selling them at oh, the okay. farmers market. But <laughs> you know, I don't yet. But uh, who knows? Well, uh, that's the next class. You know, cooking in lingerie. <laughs> yeah. uh, very dangerous. <laughs> I would imagine yeah, it would be. Very but... dangerous. Get things snagged up. And, no, Oof, not good. Yeah, and you don't really no, want to be wearing the, asbestos lingerie. You need to be fully clothed to cook. Makes sense to me, especially around a fryer or yeah, something. No, oh, dangerous, very dangerous, and unappealing. <laughs> you know, there is going to be a certain segment. Yeah, that's, that's all true. I'm going to say. Be a very niche. Yeah, charge a premium. Exactly, <laughs> cooking in the nude. That could be part of your next restaurant. Yeah, it uh, could be part of the sustainability maneuver. Well, the restaurant's coming up. The restaurant is coming up. Are these these usually sell out way in advance? Oh, yeah. Are they still they, is there still availability? There or? are some spots, so I'm I'm surprised that there are spots, but there are still some spots. It's forty bucks. It's eight courses with wine. It's very high end fine dining. Uh, people love it. I was just telling Lauren uh, about it, and I and and you know he announced that he was one of the most single eligible bachelors. I said, "You got to come to lunch. Yeah, bring, bring a someone day. with you." Yeah, <laughs> Lauren's raising his eyebrow and just gave a wink. <laughs> that was good. Can't see that. that now's when we need that webcam that you want to get in here. And he's look sharp. on your face. Look at his shirt. Well, he always dresses for the occasion. He does. He's like fully nice watch and that. 
Yeah, the shirt. Yeah. He looks great. Young. Hairs, slick back. Yeah. yeah. Nice, clean looking guy. Yes. Um, cut an e- elegant figure there, young yeah, man. He does. I'm surprised. <laughs> I've heard that voice. He looks a lot, he, he sounds a lot older than he is. Oh, he's a dashing young man, and oh, his yeah. voice is booming c- and big, fabulous. booming. Yeah. It should be on TV. Yeah. I actually am on TV. Oh, are you? I am. Ah, people are missing out with the radio. Six o'clock Wednesday nights, Channel Twenty Eight. Artie Party, the Napa Show. Oh, cool! <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> That's where I first met him. Uh, the guy's awesome. all over town. He's Mr. Announcer, Napa Valley. Yeah. Okay, so folks want to go to the restaurant. Sorry, we got derailed on uh, <laughs> yeah, Lauren's okay. uh, <laughs> eligibility here. <laughs> but if folks yeah. want to come, yep, it's really simple. There's an, a phone number to call at seven zero seven nine six seven two nine nine nine. That takes you right to the Napa Valley Kitchen, and the students take reservations for people. We are, it, the sorry, the restaurant is from May 5th to the 22nd, and it's Tuesday through Friday only. Each so day, it is, Tuesday, yes, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's right. Tuesday through Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but not dinner. It's only lunch. Okay. 12 o'clock or 1230, and it's $40. It comes with wine, and we get beautiful donations from the most incredibly generous wineries Judd's Hill being one of them um but you know we feature great wines of the Napa Valley people are always surprised um I get a lot of comments about oh I've never been able to afford this wine at the liquor store and this is really fun to try it with lunch so mm-hmm. that's really cool people very very generous some really big names on there went well in yes, Judd's Hill be. I mean it's awesome. You know, when you're part of the community, you got to right. be part of the community. Right. And the students pair the wines with their food. So, and it, I think you It's thoughtful. I think people are very surprised at what we're turning out at a cooking school. It's pretty incredible. So, I can't really wait. I, yeah. I have yet to go, but May I'm going. 5th to 22nd. I'm going this time around. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want to ask you something. This yeah. was interesting to me as a, as a chef. There was a. On your profile at Napa Valley Cooking School.org, mm-hmm. there was a question you're asked. Uh, but there was no follow-up after. It was just question-answer, then the next question. Oh. So I was curious. The question was, what food do you wish you loved? Do you remember your answer? Oh, was it an Edible magazine that you were reading that? Oh, it was probably is in, yeah, it was the article in Edible oh, magazine. Oh, that they, maybe they put on the, your profile What there. food do you wish you loved? Do you does me- it say foie gras? No, it says tripe. Oh, tripe, yeah. And I'm wondering, like... I really hate tripe. Yeah, but why do you wish you loved it? I don't know, because it sounds chic. Like, chefs are supposed to love things like foie gras right. and tripe and kidneys. And, you know, I've just never really loved those things. Hmm. I like to cook them. Um, but tripe, for me, is just uh, where the rubber hits the road. <laughs> You're not I just, doing it. Yeah, I just can't do it. And <clears throat> I've had a couple of bad experiences with tripe. And, you know, my dad once cooked a tripe stew on a little pot-bellied stove in our basement, and the whole house smelled of tripe. It has a distinctive smell. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's not Menudo pleasant. Menudo I've had. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, Do you like ha- it? Um, I have had Menudo that I've liked, and I've had Menudo that I've really not liked. And okay. then I think in the hands of the right chef who can handle it, I've yeah. had the tripe stew up at Terra a yeah. few times, yeah. not thinking I like tripe, but when I have it, you know, Hero knows what he's doing, yeah. and it's, it's great. Yeah. It is delicious. Well, that's the place to try. Any, I honestly, I'm a firm believer in if you're going to try something for the first time, you better make sure you're trying it at a really good source. Absolutely. I, I, and I've told young people that I've dined with, either my kids or kids of uh, friends, if we're at a place, like Tara's an example, yeah. I always say, if Hero cooks it, I'll try it, whether I think I like it or not. We were back in New York, and this teen, maybe it was 12, 12-year-old son, I was some friends, we were out at a very nice restaurant, and there was some strange stuff, and he wasn't. Too into it, but we explained, look, if you're going to try it anywhere, try it here. And he ate everything on the plate. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's yeah. a good, you know, know the chef. The chef. Well, I think kids are pretty discerning eaters as well, you know, and they can usually tell if something's pretty good or not. Oh yeah. Speaking of being a chef, mm-hmm. it's time to play a little game. Are you ready for this? <laughs> We're gonna play a round of password. Lauren is going to be reading you the descriptions of some commonly used cooking terms. <laughs> and you are going to come up with these commonly used cooking terms. Are you ready to go? 30 seconds on the clock. Not really. I'm we'll going to give a definition. Is that what I'm no, doing? You know, you're going to give the word he's trying to des- describe. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, you're going to make me look bad. What if I don't know the answers? Uh, no, these okay. are very, very common. Right. Very common. Okay. We're not trying to throw you any... Any hardballs here? Okay. 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 Lauren, the first word. Normally they say the password is, but you have headphones on, so that's not going to work. You'd hear exactly what I'm about to say. So, <laughs> Lauren, go with the first one. Rechauffe. Well, that's no. That's actually the word she was supposed to guess. It's you're going to read the 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 other part. The just the, that means reheat. The the after part. Don't read the word. Read the okay. read the after part. Okay. So never mind. You got that one. Okay. Hey, okay. Thanks. There's um. Where's our little uh. Okay, you got that one right. That was a warm-up. Okay, now read the description of the next one. Okay. Okay. Dress sauerkraut and is finely cut cabbage that is fermented and is served with sausages or fresh meats. Choucroute. We're going to give that to you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Choucroute and we have a garnier. I don't know how to... Choucroute garni. Garni, thank yes. you. I, I don't pronounce French oh, very well. Good. Okay, very good. There's two down. And these are very common, so I'm, I'm not surprised you're getting these. Go ahead. To skim off the skin that accumulates at the top of a stock or sauce. God, I call it skimming. Skimming? <laughs> skimming a soup? <laughs> a stock? Skimming a stock. I don't know if I have a word for that. That's a little more technical. We're going for the more common phrase, word, vocabulary. I don't think I know it. Skimming is a little technical. We're Sorry, the password was... Depouillé. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> the more common. I don't use that term. I'm sorry. Depouillé. That sounds very fancy, but I don't, actually yeah. didn't know that one. Yeah, sorry. We, we tried no, to good. pick these very common ones. I'm sorry. We didn't get you. So, so does she win the, uh, what, was, what, was on, uh, what was in the prize package today? A weekend trip to Bodega Bay. Sorry, you missed Depouillet, so no Bodega Bay. Uh, next time, next that time. Been great. Next time we'll count skim, and then you would have yeah, okay. gotten that. Yeah. Sorry. But now it's time to play everybody's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. That's right, Lauren Mole, right. Chef Barbara Alexander. It's time to play Mad Libs. You I know hate how this games. Works. Oh, come on. You fun lover, you. <laughs> Let's okay, do this. Are you ready? Yeah. You, you know how to play. You have a daughter. You said you do this in your road trips. Yep. So the first thing I'm going to need from you is a plural noun. Stilettos. Oh, stilettos. I like this. A noun, just not plural. Mom. Mom. <laughs> All right. Uh, another noun. Sailboat. Sailboat. We're just talking about your love of sailing. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is a good one for a chef. An adjective. Ooh, um, frenetic. Frenetic. How it gets in the kitchen sometimes, I'll bet. Yeah. Another noun. Uh, how about dad? Dad. Don't want to leave him up. No, we got mom, we got dad. Another adjective? Uh, let's think. Uh, hardcore. Hardcore. And finally... Another noun. Birthday cake. Birthday cake. Yay. (laughs) So, Chef, earlier today I was uh, perusing the internet and I I found this description from uh, the St. Helena Star on the St. Helena Star website about um, 
your class on preparing the Indian tali plate. Okay. <laughs> okay, which is, uh, you know, a large plate filled with small portions of a variety of foods. You, mm-hmm. I'm not telling you that. I'm just explaining what an Indian tali plate Good. is. So that description of your class on how to prepare an Indian tali plate has just now been rewritten <laughs> via this <laughs> Mad oh, Libs great. game. Are you ready to go? Yeah, Here we go. <clears throat> Here it is from the St. <laughs> Helena Star, rewritten by you. With her customary zeal, Alexander, that's you, set the mood with a little history, a rundown of unusual ingredients the students would be cooking with, and professional tips like how you should soak and rinse stilettos, (laughs) how to cut mom, (laughs) and how to crack open a sailboat. (laughs) I hope that you've never cracked open a sailboat. Not while you're on it. No. Students sat down to enjoy their creations and agreed the Indian tali plate wakes up the palate. It is frenetic. (laughs) I guess it could be. It could be. Mostly vegetarian, apart from the lamb chops and dad. (laughs) (laughs) It's spicy, hardcore. Oh, that works. Yeah. And definitely not your mother's birthday cake. Oh, that's great. That was nice. That was fun. All right, Chef Barbara Alexander, the executive chef of Napa Valley Cooking School. It has been a pleasure having you here today. Oh, Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you us. so much, Judd. And I hope to see you all at restaurant. We'll be there. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gilamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.